Dum Dum Away! Zero, zero, one, one, zero, 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 one, zero, zero, one, zero, zero, one, 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 zero,
token M Night. Like yeah. there is, there's lots of mystery, and then there's a giant twist. Yeah, yeah. Well, like that. That is his. For this movie, I MO. didn't. I didn't see a problem with that. Because mm-hmm. no, how do you approach an alien movie without it being all destruction mm, and yeah. them invading and, and stuff? And I would agree with you. This was a. This was the scenario where I think M Night's mo of lots of mystery and intrigue and then a big twist. I think it actually fit. I'm not going to say brilliantly, mm. but it fit well. Yeah. It fit nicely. Yeah. Because there was one scene in the movie where they'd had a few like noises around the house and they mm-hmm. went out trying to find the person that was making the noises and they weren't quite sure who it was. And then the younger brother, mm-hmm. who's uh, the Jack One Phoenix. Yes. He's Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin, yeah. Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. He was in there and he went to the recruiting office for the army mm. and he was talking to the guy that was at the recruiting office who was an older Mm-hmm. man of the army and mm-hmm. procedures and stuff like that and he's talking to him and he goes I've heard these stories around town and it's what we do ourselves in the army we send out a small reconnaissance mission to see if there's a threat and yep. that's what these were doing like just all these little things it wasn't this big earth destruction movie it was about a family on a farm and these aliens trying to see if they were a threat mm-hmm. before going yeah. out into the rest of the town which I thought gra- not grounded it but it made it a lot smaller mm-hmm. than the entire a bit world more intimate. yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a worldwide invasion. Mm, it was yeah. very local. One, yeah. One I, thing, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, you go. You go. I was just going to say one thing that I actually did like about this movie. It's uh, kind of a weird plot point, but um, Mel Gibson's character, uh, Graham Hess, mm. um, is actually a priest. preacher. Yeah. yeah a priest, yeah. A priest who has lost his faith. And I think it's very interesting how the, um, the arrival of aliens, and I, I won't spoil the big twist because mm. that's literally the only reason you watch the movie. Yeah. Um, the arrival of these aliens actually re, uh, it gives him his faith back again. Yeah. And it does it in such a way that I think is actually, um, it actually makes sense, mm. which is quite funny because obviously the, like a big theological argument is if there's other life out there, then that kind of would like, that would mess with people's idea of a God. Yeah. So yeah, it's like the fact that it's, that it reinforces that. I think it, it's very well done. That is, mm. that is the one part of the movie that I did think was, very well conceived. The mm. other thing I liked about the movie was you never actually saw the aliens. You never saw their faces. Everything yeah. was always in the dark and mm. shadows. Mm. It, was, it was very well Good done. Good mix of intrigue and mystery. Yeah. What, what were, were you, you going to say? Yeah. I was just going to say, I find this movie like, okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, that's <laughs> that, That's all I find. Yeah. yeah. Like M. Night Shyamalan, I liked Sixth Sense. I mm. did enjoy that. And I actually didn't mind Split, to be honest. Did you like Unbreakable? Unbreakable. Oh, yeah. I didn't mind that one yeah. as well. But everything else, like what, last, what Air- else has he done? Last Airbender, that oh. was just a, oh, that was an atrocity. I don't think that- I even watched that. So, <laughs> which real- I'm, I think I'm blessed. after Earth. I got halfway through. <laughs> oh, after last- Earth, that movie is so bad. It's so bad. Did he do that one too? Yeah, oh, Will he John. co-wrote it with Will Smith. Oh my god. Um, and Jaden Smith's in it. Yeah, it was just, awful from start to finish. Um, no, the uh, yeah, Last Airbender. I was a big fan of the um, Nickelodeon um, anime and. Mm when it was coming out in the movies, it was this big hype. And it was like, M. Night Shyamalan is directing it. And you're like, oh. Why? <laughs> and I think I got halfway through it and literally turned it off. And I, it is rare for me to turn a movie off halfway through. Mm. I will usually stick through with a movie through mm. to the end. Yeah. I got halfway through that. I was like, I'm done. You mm. are destroying this minute <laughs> by minute. I love how it opens up with like book one, water. I'm like, oh, he thought he was going to make a sequel. That's yep. cool. That's funny. That's cool. Blessing. Upon watching oh, the film. Yep. Yeah, okay. watching yeah, I'd forgotten it. that. It's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> I just think that's funny. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, Signs, I recommend it. It's mm. in my top five of all time. I've always loved that movie. Just because of the way it makes me feel. Mm. I like it. 
There you go. Mm. That's Signs, released in uh, 2002. Mm. One of M. Night Shyamalan's good movies. I am bringing uh, today a movie from the Mm. past. Speaking of our beloved Chris Nolan, Mm. I am bringing The Prestige. So good. Prestige, uh, starring... Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, um, and the oh, I'm, is it Rebecca Michael Ferguson Kane. is also in it as well. Oh no, no, what's her? Rebecca Hall. My bad. Andy yes, Serkis? Rebecca Hall. Yep, yep Andy Serkis in there. there you yeah. go. So this movie is um, it is it's actually based off a book mm-hmm. because I didn't realize this. Well, sorry, I found it recently, but Chris Nolan has only made one original screenplay ever. Yeah, Memento, Inception. What? Yeah. What? Everything else is based off wow, comics or short stories or anything like that. Um, that's maybe. Shocking. Hang on, I might be getting that slightly wrong. Maybe Memento. Uh, anyway, we yeah. can double check that. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So it follows the um the life of two magicians, mm-hmm. one played by Christian Bale and one played Such by a Hugh Jackman. Concept. Um, and after they they were originally kind of stage hands together under a uh, a Another more magician. accomplished musician, magician. but after a tragic accident, they kind of engage in this battle mm. to be the ultimate magician. magician. Mm. Um, the one to hold the crowd in the palm of their hands. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like- and so it's they're always trying to take that next step and that next step. And it's quite interesting, though, because Hugh Jackman's character always has, like, the big crowds and the big stage. Mm. But then Christian Bale's character has these, like... Orb- Moments the, like wonder. And, yeah, so yeah. he's only performing to smaller crowds in bars and places like that. But he taking like, so many, so much more risks. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very, very interesting. Now, the reason I picked this film is partly because I love it, mm-hmm. but partly because um, I actually picked it in relation to our present, which we're going to be talking about. Because this film is a movie that you can watch through the whole way. You get to the end and you go, "Oh my goodness!" Mm. There is a Fairly big um, reveal. At the reveal. End. That's yeah. right. Just like, just like a magician's trick. Mm. Um, and then mm. you immediately okay. want to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about this movie is that once you have seen it and you know what mm. the big reveal is, mm. you go back and it is so obvious. Mm. There are so many clues Little that things, point you yeah. to that, and you're like, this makes mm. so much sense. It's just like. Christopher Nolan is such an auteur, and this it, it this film is made in such a Christopher Nolan style. Yes, like kind of opens up with yeah. like it opens up with a shot of like heaps of um hats or what were they called? Yeah, I haven't seen it yeah, in a while. Top hats. I need, yeah, I need to watch it again. Heaps of top hats in this kind of foresty setting. Like, okay, that's weird. It's weird. And then when you watch the film, you're mm. like, ah, oh, yes, yeah. I see what that is. He's yeah. always Go- always teasing them and going on that top hats thing. That always intrigued me the most of the movie mm. i always wanted to know more about yeah that magic trick yeah yeah but never really got explained and then even to go back to what i was saying like the start of inception opens mm. with waves crashing down you're like mm. all right this is weird this is weird. leonardo caprio's on a beach watch yeah. get down the film leonardo caprio's on a beach yeah <laughs> i'll be here all week <laughs> anyway carrying on <laughs> yeah such a Great Christopher Nolan film. David Bowie is um, Tesla in this film. Did, did you is guys he? know that? Yeah, he is. He's... Yes, he is. Yeah. I'm just looking at that now. Yeah, David yeah, Bowie David is Bowie. Tesla. I need to watch um, it again. And the way the way Christopher Nolan shoots the reveals as well, and the mm. way he edits them. Oh. Um, someone explaining to Hans Zimmer just in the background, and then the overlay of footage of like in the past, cut brilliantly. It just, oh, Even so just good. the story, and then. Within, within, mm. it was just broken down so well. Not to the point where you're like, I'm 
no idea what's going on. Yeah. You're just like, yep, okay, I'm he, with you. I'm he with does you. films really well, whether that be like Interstellar or Inception, mm. where it makes you kind of think and mind yep. bends a bit, and I'll get into this with the present. Um, he paces it very well, mm. and it's he paces it well enough to keep the mainstream audiences interested in it. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a reason why he's one of the most yeah. profitable kind of filmmakers now. I think we've mm. tangented off. Let's go back to yes. the prestige. So. No, 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 that's fair enough. Well, it's, it's, I think what you're saying, Zach, is 100% true. Like one of the reasons I love this movie so much is because it's a Christopher Nolan film. And it's mm. not because he made it. It's because everything he makes is just so well done. It's so mm. well shot. It's, He's got the right pace. He's got the right, um, the right story, and the way he's telling the story mm. using the medium of film is yeah. just—it's so so well done. It's all yeah. in a very um, coherent style. Yeah, mm. and so he, so as I said, this is actually based off a novel. Um, but um, Christopher Nolan and his brother Jonathan both wrote the screenplay for this, so it yeah. is adapted. So that th- brings again his slant on the whole thing. I think his brother is always quite heavily involved with all. Of Usually, this yes. Yeah. Dark Knight. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it's um. It's really, really good. I normally we spoil the past pretty quickly. Mm. This movie is so good that I really don't yeah, even want to spoil it. It's if you haven't seen it, go, go and, and see it. it. The Prestige, mm. uh, two thousand six. It's a PG thirteen movie. It's on Netflix. It oh, is, is on it? it? Yeah, it's on saved, Netflix. I've saved it in my file. It is on Australian <laughs> Netflix. If you haven't seen it, please go and see it. You will yep. not regret it. Nope. All right, my turn. Zach, what do you yeah. got for us? I got a TV show which is very beloved to mm. me. This is mm-hmm. another comedy, another sitcom that I hold very dear to my heart. It's called The IT Crowd. So this, The IT Crowd. I love this TV I've series so much. I've only ever so seen much. one episode. What? Really? I'm sorry. And, I just, and, and, I've and never... Is it the first episode Andrew? as well? No, I, I can't say which one it was. Oh, I can't okay. remember. Oh, my goodness. So this... I feel like you've been lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just It just never came up on my radar. I was like, I need oh, to watch. Yeah. Wow. But well, that, that's just me and life and preferences and... We're going to watch an episode. I definitely this. never had. We a, have to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never had a problem with this TV show. From the mm. one episode I saw, it was hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. So good. I just never committed, I'm afraid. Yeah. Sorry. So this right. stars Chris O'Dowd, um, Richard Iwadi, um, Catherine Parkinson, Matt Berry, and Noel Fielding, to name a few. Mm. And it's written and directed by Graham Linhan, who has also done the sitcom Black Books. Um, so this is a British TV show as well. Wait, did so I not know that? I did episode? not realize that he didn't. He wrote, he wrote and directed every episode wow. himself. So in uh, for anyone who isn't quite aware of the difference, the the British TV shows usually only have like six episodes in a season because yep. they're all written and directed by the same people. Mm-hmm. Whereas in American TV so, TV shows, they have a, a whole crew yeah. of writers, they've, they've which is why they'll have like twenty four yeah. yeah. episodes. So that is mm-hmm. why. So yeah, um, that's uh, I can't even remember who you yeah. said it was. Graham Linham. Yes, that's why it's uh, it's shorter season. Old Matt Graham. Written. All right, so the synopsis is basically a three-person IT group keeps its company, Renum Industries, running with minimal effort or social contact. So it centers on the IT department of this massive um, business conglomerate, basically. Um, and the premise is very simple. That's pretty much the premise. It just focuses on them. But it really, um, it focuses on the characters themselves yeah. and the interactions and what they get themselves into and their relationships. And I think that is what separates good comedy TV shows from the rest is where the show is one about the people, not about the premise. Stuff like Community, yeah. Arrested Development, where it's all purely based around the people, their interactions. Yeah. Where the character design that all those characters mixing together is mm. the show, not, yeah. the, not the... Well, I mean, obviously there's the situations, but it's not based around no 
Yeah. And this show, the um, each episode, as a, so there's four series, it's British, four series with six episodes, and then there's one 40-minute special to round it yep. all off. Nice. Each episode is so creative, um, mm. or just in terms of situations. Like, there's one episode, uh, one of my favorite episodes is when um, all three of them get invited out to go to see a musical um, called <laughs> Gay. <laughs> a gay That's musical right. called Gay. Um, and then there's another episode, um, I'm just trying to think of another one, um, another one where um, they have to go to a funeral of someone, um, but... Um, oh, my goodness, yes. Let's go to a funeral. <laughs> I'm laughing. Thinking there are it. so many yeah. there's so many points in this mm. show where it's just laugh out yeah. loud, one-liners. <laughs> yeah. or, they go oh. to a funeral, um, but one of the members, Roy, who's played by Chris O'Dowd, um, has been on an online website that says he's going to die um, at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> It's just like real because, wet. Yeah, because of his terrible lifestyle. Because of his terrible vegetables lifestyle. And no. of, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, it's great chemistry between um, Richard Iowati, Chris O'Dowd, and Catherine Parkinson. Great chemistry. Wow. Mm. Um, and also, as I mentioned, the short kind of um, episode length, it doesn't mm. overstate its welcome, mm. even though I would love to be more and more of this. Yeah. Um, it knows not to overstate and to keep pumping out for the sake of pumping out. It's a perfect nugget size perfect. of what you want. Yeah. A good, it yeah. pulls it really a good is, yeah. Seinfeld, like a good mm. Jerry Seinfeld, finishes off on a high. Yep. And... I don't know what? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh. It finished off on a high. Season. That's... You, you do... I feel like you just lied to me again. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, look, it, this is on Netflix. I would highly recommend it. It's mm. so funny. Um, my, um, my, my friend who came on the podcast the other day, Gavin. Oh, Gavin, is, your um, friend. Oh, yeah, my friend, Gav. Gavin. Your friend. Yes. Um, this is... Um, Probably he's told me it's his favorite um, comedy show of all time. Mm-hmm. I believe so I think would this you is say, very much mm-hmm. Gav style. Would you say this has influenced your studying decisions? This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think it's influenced it at all. <laughs> um, I just this show is just so funny. Yeah. It's actually so very program. well written as well. Yes, very very well written. Great, um, great <laughs> characters. Great situations <laughs> they get in as People well. People are gonna find me. Those situations. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> anyway, those situations they get in, um, yeah, they they seem so just nothing to begin with, and they just build and build and build so and build. Dumb. It's always amazing. Oh, highly, highly, highly recommend it. it. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna watch an episode when we finish. Yeah, this. it's also actually before any of these. I can't. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's before any of these guys: Chris O'Dowd, Richard Aod. I mean, Catherine Parkinson. She stayed mainly in um, British TV. Mm. Um, Matt Berry, all of them. It's before they really were so, names. Like yeah. certainly before Chris O'Dowd was a name. Brand, yeah, they start. Well, start off two thousand six, and then by the time yeah. it got to series four, I think it was like two thousand twelve, two thousand ten, mm. two thousand ten. Um, they were all kind of gaining traction and whatnot. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Mm. So yes, mm, IT brilliant. crowd. There yeah. you go. Um, hit it up. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Okay, oh, yes. so in the time machine into the present, we are Ooh. talking about a recent release that mm. has actually, in Australia at least, come straight to Netflix. It has. Um, it was not released in cinemas anywhere, actually, except for the US and China. They were the only places that actually got a cinematic release everywhere yep. else. Netflix handled its distribution. So we are talking about Annihilation. Mm. Annihilation, written and directed by Alex Garland, mm. who is known for uh, Ex Machina most yep. prominently, which he won an Oscar for, I believe. I think so. We'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll double check that. Look at real quickly. He, um, he's also written 28 Days Later and Sunshine. Yeah. So, Ex Machina was his directorial debut. Was it really? There you go. Um, so it's actually based off a book. It is. Yep. The first of a trilogy. Mm. Um, it is 
let's see, it's a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition where the laws of nature don't apply. Mm. Basically, the premise is that there is an area mm-hmm. and it's basically got this kind of bubble around it called the Shimmer. And everyone who's gone into the Shimmer has not returned. And except so, for one man. Except for one man, um, which is Natalie Portman's husband, mm. who's played by Oscar Isaac. Mm. So he reappears. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up, you know, going to this secret base. And mm-hmm. uh, Natalie Portman, um, gosh, who is it? Natalie Portman. Je- uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Jennifer Jason Leigh. Tessa Thompson. Gina Rodriguez. And Gina Rodriguez. And someone else. One more. Uh, Tuva Novotny. Mm. I might have said her name wrong. Anyway, this team of five women end up going into the Shimmer, the Shimmer to basically see if they can make it to the lighthouse, which is the original landing place of a meteor. Mm-hmm. Where which is the Shimmer. Yeah, how this whole which thing. is how the whole thing started, to see if they can find out mm. what happened, why is it all like that. And so they yep. go in there, and it's a veritable Garden of Eden. Mm. Mm. Um, there is just like plant life and animal life everywhere. Um, well, they need to... They need to stop it because they said that shimmer's growing. Exactly, mm, yeah. yeah. So they need to work out how they can contain it or work out what actually is happening. Mm. Um, so we'll stick in uh, spoiler-free territory, yes. at least for a bit. Yes. Um, when they enter the shimmer, they mm. discover, and this is not spoilers, this is in the trailers, but they discover, actually just a main premise of the movie, yep. that there's lots of genetic Cross-breeding. Like mm. A lot of changes to yeah, the natural environment. Changes. So, yes. for instance, multiple species of flower, or what was thought to be multiple species of flower, growing from the same stem. Mm. And at one point, there is a what appears to be a crocodile that comes out, but it's actually got shark teeth with, like, rows Rose. of teeth mm. instead of um, regular um, crocodile teeth. Mm. So, the plot thickens. It's a very um, mystery-based movie. Very mystery-based. Yeah. Ambiguous. Yep, very much so. So, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. start. Thoughts? What did you think? I really liked it. I thought it was a great, smart sci-fi film. Okay. Smart sci-fi, though. Very much in the vein of, like, Blade Runner, where um, it definitely will leave you thinking. And once the credits roll, you'll... It's a film that encourages discourse, to quote Chris Duckman. Um, it's very... Um, it'll in- it, you, you finish the film, and you want to talk about it to someone. Like, what was your interpretation? What was this? Mm. Um... That's my kind of take. I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think it's for mainstream audiences. Um, but I liked it personally. I really enjoyed it. There you go. Andrew. Andrew. Biggest load of crap I ever saw in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't like it. I'm sorry, boys. Yeah, as as much as up. I know you two probably did like it, for me it was just overdrawn, mm-hmm. didn't make much sense to me what was going on. Mm-hmm. And at the end I was just like, what the heck is happening? And then it finished. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So for me, it's not up there at all. I did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've told quite a few people, don't go and watch it. <laughs> but like like Zach said, it's not for everyone. Yeah. And obviously it was not for me, but it was for other people, which is fine. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. Mm-hmm. For me personally, it just did not resonate. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. Like, don't okay. get me wrong, there were one or two little scenes or aspects I was like that's cool but for me I felt like it was it was like an artist trying to make a movie instead of a director trying to make a movie that makes sense like oh. someone who paints made this movie mm-hmm. but I, that's how I saw it hang on can I possibly try and correct you because I mm. 
obviously we don't want to say that directors aren't artists or anything. Yeah, no, but, no. It's, you but know, I think what you're saying is like, like a, a more painter. experimental style. Yeah, like as someone who to... paints and puts stuff on canvases, different ideas, something strange onto a canvas. Yeah. Experimental. So some, yeah, experimental. Ex- experimental, yeah. that kind of open for interpretation. Kind yeah. of, that's, um, that's how I felt about the movie. And I just was like, I, I felt yeah. very lost. Like there was cool scenes. I was like, wow, that's really cool. But I mm. expect to see that on a painting or something like that, not in yeah. a film. That mm. that was my interpretation of the movie. Fair enough, Tyson. Biggest load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I I think I'm sitting in between you two. Okay, Ooh. I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. I have some very serious criticisms about it. Yep, and I don't think I'm going to be in a rush to rewatch it anytime okay. soon. I don't think I'm going to turn around like you're saying, Andrew. I don't think I'm going to turn around and say you should not see this because it's there. Mm. Um. But then I don't think I'm going to be going around to people going, oh my goodness, you need yeah. to see Annihilation yeah. because of... It's this, 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 this. I'm, I'm yeah. really kind of sitting in the middle of it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, basically, I, for the most part, I think the movie is well done. Mm-hmm. I think it is um, very clever. Mm. As a scientist, there are certain aspects of it where it's like, well, that just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, those... But I, but I can put that aside. Like, <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> no, no, like, I... I am willing to suspend my disbelief. Like, yeah. it's a movie that, like, Breaks this laws. is fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, like, the premise of the movie is that these things that shouldn't be able to happen are, are happening. happening. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and they're, like, and they're all scientists that. as well, the people yeah. going into yeah. They're in the same boat. Like, what yeah. the heck? Yeah. In fact, I think the, there's a biologist, a physicist, a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, Mathematician? No. There's a... Um, I can't remember. What that was. Uh, anyway. She was a... Uh, yeah, Amb- ambulance. Uh, she was, yeah, oh, she was a paramedic. Paramedic. Um, and then there was someone else that we paramedic. can't remember. Mm, Black Panther. So yeah. Um, as I, said, I think it was, I think it was well done. Mm-hmm. The the biggest. Hang on, should we get into like my biggest issues at the moment? Or? Yeah, let's just go. Let's just spoilers. go spoilers. Okay. spoilers. It's going to be hard spoilers. to talk about this without spoilers. Mm. On, well, hang on. I, I reckon I can still do this part without spoilers. So okay. right. give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Right. Take it back. So. I think the the issue that I had with this movie is that it's all mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all mystery from... Actually, you know what? I take all this back. We're going into spoiler territory. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'd strongly suggest if you haven't seen this film, don't yeah. listen to this. Go watch the film Pause, and come back. Go watch yeah. it. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're literally going to like... There's yeah, nothing safe. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, go for it. Now that we're in spoiler territory, which mm. happens straight away. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, as I said, this is all mystery and it's mystery from start to finish. Literally. And this is this is actually also why I deliberately picked um the prestige as my past for this episode mm. because with the prestige, it's mystery, 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 mystery and you get to the end and you go, "Oh, oh. I know it." Mm. And then it adds more if you go and go back and watch yeah. the movie again. Mm. With this one, however, it's mystery, 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 mystery. You get to the end, there's more mystery, and then it stops. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's nothing that's really revealed. And even oh. even knowing what the meteor is, and even knowing all of that... Mm. It still doesn't it explain doesn't, what happens. Not, not even explain. It doesn't add yeah. to anything you've already seen. But mm. I don't think it needs to. I don't think this film needs... I think it's very purposely mysterious and ambiguous, because I don't think the, the film isn't really... Focus. I don't think the film is focusing on a direct payoff. I think what it's more focusing on is its themes and its kind of overall arcing message. 
Okay, but... but see, like, that that's my problem with it. If you've got that much mystery, not a little bit, not three quarters of it, like all of it is mystery and there's no payoff mm. for the general viewer. Mm. It's like, wh- why did I sit through all that yeah. for nothing? And the thing is, like, I'm, I'm totally fine. In fact, I love it when a movie doesn't spell everything out. Mm. Like, I'm fine with that. But I felt that this movie didn't even make any attempt to explain it. It was just kind of like... Is what yep. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think that's a purposeful. I think that's what Alex Garland wanted, very much wanted this film to be up to interpretation for everyone to have their own opinions and their own views. And Well, do you know why it actually landed on Netflix? Yeah, because um, how it landed on is the test audiences um, weren't responding great to it. Yeah. And um, Paramount wanted to change it up, but Alex, Alex Garland didn't want to change his vision. That's so right. That's Alex, why they offloaded and, it. And one of the producers. So Alex Garland and one of the producers didn't want to alter the ending and didn't want to mm. change Natalie Portman's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was then basically shuffled around and it was not released in cinemas for yeah. most of the world. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that, though, it, it is based off a book, as I said. Yeah. It's based off the first book in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that there is, that it leaves you with a bit of mystery. Mm. That makes sense. But Alex Garland did not reread the book mm-hmm. to write the script. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And he said that he wanted to, or at least the, the information I found said that he wanted it. He basically was um, writing the script. from memory? Well, writing the script as a dream of the book, essentially. Ugh. So, now, I, I haven't read the book, so I don't know how true it is. Mm. The other thing is that, yes, it's the first book of a trilogy, but the script was actually completed before the second book was published. Okay. Oh. So, it's not like he read the first one was like, I am just going to completely discount the other two and I'm mm-hmm. going to make up my own story. Mm. The other two didn't exist at that point. Okay. So the rights had been sold. All those things had mm-hmm. happened. Yep. And he wrote the script and everything, but it, yeah, it, there, was, there wasn't mm. a, there wasn't anything else that he mm. knew. And I think as well that, I think he possibly could have found those things out, but I think, again, I, I can't remember if I'm remembering this wrong or if I read it somewhere, but I think he didn't want to be influenced by the other stories he wanted to basically have it entirely as his interpretation of this book mm. okay um yeah, yeah see, as I said, the story as a whole i really think every aspect it was pretty purposeful i personally me the intrigue throughout the whole film like from the start i was really kind of drawn into it like oh this, i, I want to see what this goes type thing and i think that's what helped me through because admittedly um watching this second time around i can imagine it dragging a bit because already the pacing, I feel like, is a bit slow. Yeah. Like, there's some yeah. chopped up moments where stuff happens, but it's a lot of very kind of reminiscing um, cut to a flashback and what type of thing. Mm. Um, but I still think the intrigue here really drew me through. And then when the film finished, I was like, oh, I'm not like, what do I think? I don't know. I want to know what other people think. Like, am mm. I right? Am I wrong? That type of thing. That's what I really liked about the film. Yeah. Um, the big thing, there's two kind of big things I took away from this film. One being this very big focus on the theme of self-destruction. Um, yes. Because the whole, how all these women got to participate in this expedition to the Shima is they're all volunteered of, as such, basically. Um, and, you know, there's a scene where they're all, where they're in the Shima and they're like, oh, you know, um, she's a recovering addict. Um, she, like, like, harmed herself. And we've all got problems, basically. Like, no one volunteers for this type of stuff. And then there's a section in the film where we cut back to, because um, of course Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac um, were a married couple, 
before Oscar Isaac went away to do this expedition in the Shimmer. So there's a cutback where um, Natalie Portman, while Oscar Isaac, oh no, sorry, while Oscar Isaac's still there, is having an affair with a co-worker, basically. Um, and then it's kind of implied that that's what is led to Oscar Isaac um, going to the Shimmer and even leaving a day early. Because that kind of theme of self-destruction, my wife's now cheating on me having an affair. Mm. I just want to go volunteer for this mission. And then you've got Natalie Portman, upon the realization that she has done that to him, leads to her self-destruction too. I want to go to the Shimmer now. Like, no questions asked. Because you know how she's really like, mm. kind of like, yep, I want to go into there, I want to go into there type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't understand that at first. I was like, why is there this weird subplot about her having an affair with this? I was yeah. like, that's a bit weird. But then it kind of clicked and I was like, oh, very smart. Mm. Very cool. And I also think the second thing is um, how we kind of perceive evil. Um, because here's the thing. The Shimmer, it, it's not really made out to be an evil entity throughout the film. Yeah. There's nothing. It, the way it goes about kind of um, expanding um, its kind of, I don't know, its radius, whatever, it's kind of said that it just wants to kind of change life. It doesn't yep. want to rule. It doesn't want to overtake Earth. It just wants to change life. And I think it's interesting how Alex Garland plays with the fact that how do we perceive evil? Is evil something that is doing something different to us that we don't like? Is it because it's more powerful that defines it as evil? Um, because you've got the whole thing of the Shima, um, how it kind of refracts um, or reflects kind of genetics. Refracts. Refracts. Yep. Refracts. Yep. Sorry, scientist. Um, yep. How it kind of refracts genetics. So that's why you've got these plants shaped like humans sprouting up. Constantly. Which is not a real thing, by the way. But anyway, keep going. It's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the whole thing about the sci film. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I enjoy those kind of cool ideas. But I really like that. Is it actually. Is the Shima actually an evil thing? Yeah. Like. Mm. And look, I, I think those points you made are 100% valid. There's, there's even some things in there that I wasn't quite. Um, I hadn't really thought of. And then you've talked about them and like even like i knew i had picked the idea of like self-destruction but even the the whole like natalie portman's affair and that kind of like oh yeah actually that's true um one thing i will say is that this movie is very very creative especially considering Mm. that it is a live action film like obviously it's heavy cgi yeah um but yeah the way that it's the way that they've you know as you said those plants that are shaped like humans um and it's all very creative very smart yeah, kind yes of. yeah very yeah. and then those trees that are made out of glass that have sprouted mm. from the silicon that's in and the that's, sand that's and, where my point of view came in where a painter or an artist that's what i saw that as especially yeah. the tree people i was like i expect to see that on a canvas or in a video game mm, or yeah. something like that not on the big screen and even mm-hmm. the plant people Personally, I wanted to know more about that. Yeah. Were all of those people that just decided to stay and became one with it? Or yeah. It, mm. it was just a lot of questions that I would have loved the answers to just because yeah. I wanted to know more. And speaking yeah. of questions, this also jogged my memory. Even a little thing like, for instance, they when they first enter the Shimmer, yeah, they, they wake, wake up, up yeah. like four days later. Yeah. And that is never addressed. No. Yeah. The only way you know it's happened is because they're looking at their food and they're like, got Yeah, less. we've eaten about four days of rations. Yeah. Mm. That just added to the whole intrigue of yeah. it for me. I didn't mind that at all. I just kind look, of accepted I, it. Look, I, I didn't mind it, but I think it, it was just it was another thing that was kind of like, well, why? Mm. I don't because think it, it because needed it also a why. doesn't. But it also doesn't really line up with the whole um, like what the shimmer was doing. Mm. Like, why would their memory 
be wiped. Like it doesn't yeah, fit but, with those but themes why already. Not, though, if it's an otherworldly type of yeah, thing, no, yeah, no, fair enough. That, that's why I kind of came from. Like, well, yeah, why no. wouldn't it? And it, at the end of the day, it's a sci-fi film, so I like yeah. where it's kind of going. It was very. There's lots of mashups between sci-fi films here. You have kind of that David Cronenberg aliens-esque kind of body horror elements in this film. Yeah. Some of the visuals here are quite graphic and whatnot. Then you've also got that kind of slow-paced, very smart Ridley Scott Blade Runner-esque kind of sci-fi. Then also that kind of um, exploration, that type. There's a lot of different genre mm. mashups here. Yeah. One, I have three things that I like. One was the plant people mm-hmm. looking at that through the village and that all taken of plants. I loved when... They went down into that pool. Yep. And they found that dude and he'd grown and the skull come out of the body and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. I, I like the visual of that. I was yeah. like, that's messed up, but it's mm. it's eye catching, it's mm. cool. Mm. Yeah. And then I loved the the bear. Yes. The bear freaked me out, but I Yeah, loved that it. was a very scary scary like it <laughs> it mimicked the voice of the last person that it killed, yeah. so it made you come out like it was like creepy the, but their, so cool their sounds when they're dying like yeah. that's what it mimics so that's how yeah. they trick um friends hiding out is because mm. oh, one of the girls dies yeah and they're like oh she's alive she's alive she's outside yeah but no nah, it's the bear and because yeah. the bear's like it has no face like it's just the skull but oh, the rest of the body's ass. still covered in fur but it opens yeah. its mouth and noise comes out it's like oh this is creepy yeah yeah <laughs> that was a very made very... me feel uneasy in myself oh, yeah <laughs> i mean one thing i can understand is the ending here well the actual kind of shimmer itself yeah that See, that really bothered me. Mm-hmm. How, I, was just, I was just like, why is it making that noise? How I was just trying to kind of, yeah, yeah. work. Because Natalie Portman gets to the lighthouse, essentially. Yeah. After the other person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the team kind of thins out. So I'm yeah. sure if you've watched the film, it yeah. thins out. Um, Tessa Thompson becomes a plant tree. Yeah, um, she, yeah. Plant she tree. accepts the shimmer and yes. becomes one with it. And yeah. As she comes around the corner, gone. Yes. Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee just goes off on her own adventure. Mm. Um. Jenny Rodriguez is has a smash fashioned by the bear. Yep. Um, and the other chick gets eaten by the bear. So she goes into the lighthouse and where she kind of meets the shimmer, and the shimmer essentially um, kind of like duplicates um, her and duplicates life. Because mm. what you find out is that the Oscar Isaac that came back isn't the real Oscar Isaac. It's the shimmer's kind of duplicate type thing that's okay. gone yeah. out to the yeah. real world. Um, and I like that whole kind of thing. How the shimmer's just there. It's just mimicking. It's just learning what she's doing and what she's like. Yeah. And then when supposedly um, she lights that, um, is it sulfate grenade? Um, a phosphorus grenade. Ph- phosphorus grenade. The shimmer just kind of like um, doesn't react. It just kind of looks at her when Natalie Portman runs away mm. and just kind of like stares at her. I just like that whole thing, how it wasn't trying to purposely kind of hurt her. It just wanted to learn. It was mimicking her. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, it was they are, literally mimicking her. Yeah. They yeah. ask her that moves. like. It attacked you. It's like no, I think it was just yeah. doing what I yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, which again plays into that whole thing. How do we perceive evil? Like, yeah. is it really evil yeah. or is it just kind of yeah? Yeah. Um, and the ending was pretty. Um, yeah, the ending. It, it was just like oh <laughs> yeah, like it leads you like you want to know more, but yeah. at the same time, that's mm. the idea. Although I wonder if they will get to. Well, I mean, as as I said earlier, Alex Garland hasn't read this, or at least at the time he. Um, was making Annihilation. He hadn't mm. read the second or third book. Yeah. I don't even know if they're out. But, the, I mean, the second one is now. Yeah. Like, I wonder if it's going to keep going. I wonder if that's yeah. it. Well, you, um, know what, you know what movie companies are like? If it makes money, then it will. But yeah. I, I like yeah. how the end, the shimmer kind of, um, like, once Natalie Portman kind of lit the phosphorus grenade, it didn't do anything to, like, attack her. It kind of just let it... It, it let itself yeah. destroy itself. Let itself destroy itself. And it's obviously yeah. revealed at the end that um, when Oscar Isaac... The shimmer Oscar Isaac kind of hugs Natalie Portman. Mm. Um, 
their eyes kind of go a little translucent glow, and so does Natalie Portman's eyes. So it's like, is that the shimmer? Is it not? Or? Yeah. Mm. But yeah, look, overall, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Mm. There you go. Smart sci-fi. Not for everyone, of no. course, I reckon. No. Very, I think it was yeah. the smart decision on a, by business um, to offload it to Netflix. and. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, interesting. We'll see. Go go watch it. Send us your thoughts on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'd actually really, be yeah, very but, interesting because this is a, well, as we've just said here, we've got um, Zach really liked it. Andrew didn't. I'm sitting somewhere in the middle. I'd be interested to hear, um, yeah, well, sorry, we'd all be interested in hearing your thoughts on this movie and whether you liked mm. it or not and, and why, yeah. especially. So, yeah. Mm. Mm, that's Annihilation. It is out on Netflix everywhere except for... America and China, in which case I'm not sure if it's going to Netflix. It probably will. I would assume it would. It's in theatres right now. Mm. All right. So, yes. And also, um, I found out that Alex Garland was nominated for Ex Machina. He was he it for though. original for, screenplay? Uh, or adapted. Best writing original screenplay. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm. Good film. Okay. Well, future. enough about Annihilation. On to the future now, into our time machine. Um, I'll start this off. I'll start this off a little... Yeah, right. A little weird. Yeah, right. I was uh, flicking through IMDb, <laughs> as, as, you do. as we uh, want to do from time to time, mm. and I was looking at some new trailers, and yeah. this one came up. Now, I am hands down a sucker for a good movie poster mm-hmm. or a good title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, if there's a title that's just like, that's interesting, mm. I'll look into it, or if there is a poster that's really nice. Now, this one, it the poster isn't especially great. It's a black poster with just the title in words mm-hmm. on there, and I was like... Heck? Interesting, yeah. but it got my attention. I clicked in, and I was hit by two names very quickly. Number one, written by James Cameron. Yes. Yeah. However, directed by yeah. Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> yes. And it was actually, before I even noticed that, is when I played the trailer, mm. the Troublemaker Studio logo came up, and I was mm. like, that's Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. For those of you who aren't aware, Robert Rodriguez is the um, writer-director of the Sin City movies, also the El Mariachi trilogy, which includes the... Um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Mm-hmm. He's also the writer-director for Spy Kids mm. because Why not? that's his thing, ultra-violent <laughs> and kids' movies. But anyway. As you did. So, yeah, so I was, I was initially immediately intrigued. The movie I'm talking about is called Alita Battle Angel. Mm. Have you guys seen the trailer for this? I have. Negative. Zach, I have you have? Andrew, no, you haven't? No, I have not. So, it's interesting. It's Yeah, interesting, but I have reservations because Robert Rodriguez is directing it. Do you not like his stuff? Not that I don't like him. I just think some of the Spy Kids films are just not great. And even some of the... Oh, like, none of the Spy Kids films are great. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. None of them are good. <laughs> um, but even some of his, like, like Sin City, A Dame to Kill For wasn't great, I feel like. Neither was, like, kind of Machete. I don't know. I just feel like okay. the concept could be a little wasted. But I'm all for being proven wrong. See, I, see I'm interested because I understand, like, I get your... Mm. Um, your points there, yeah. but my immediate argument to that is, well, he's not writing it. But direct is uh, he's not writing it. Yes, yeah. but even direction can direction's so yeah, yeah, crucial yeah, to yeah, how no, 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 I, I a film's pacing yep. is going to be. Like the type of the way that the actors act, how the story is kind of like transition, like um, yep. told. Yeah. So can you tell me what the movie's okay, about? Yeah. So I was just about to that. So it is about. Um, Look, the IMDb synopsis, which I'm reading now, is not very good. It says, an action-packed story of young of one young woman's journey to discover the truth of who she is and her fight to change yes. the world. So good. That is the most blandest of... So blandest. generic. Anyway, can after you, doing a bit of research... Yeah, can you tell me more? Yeah, so it's based <laughs> off a um, 
a long-running manga series, which is a Japanese comic. Mm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So it's um uh I gosh I did have it. It's been running consistently on and off for close. consistently on and off. Well, as in like they had one series and then they had a break for a couple of years and then they had the next series which yeah. ran for a number of years and yep. then there was a year break and then um so yeah I really yeah anyway <laughs> mm. for about twenty years or so Ooh, yeah right um, in Japan. Yeah, so and it's, I think it's had three iterations at that point, and it has also been a TV series in that point as well. Oh, there you go. As in, like, an animated An one animated Japan. TV series, yes. Okay. Um, now, it's based off a, um, as I said, the manga called, well, a few different things, but Battle Angel Alita, mm. mainly. Mm. Although they renamed it to Alita Battle Angel because they're like, James Cameron only makes films that start with A or T. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Yeah. Terminator, Terminator, yep. Titanic, Avatar. Yep. That's it. Yep. He literally <laughs> just does A's or T's. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, it's based off of... Now, I haven't read the stories, but from what I can understand, Alita is a kind of uh, android cyborg recreation. Mm-hmm. Now, Christoph Waltz is um, in so this. So, is it like the ghost in the shell? Yeah, I um, think it... I think so. That like same that kind premise? of aesthetic. Yeah. That yeah. kind of world build. Yeah. Very cyberpunk. Yeah. Like, um, they take a person and put it in a robot. Well, from this thing, I'm not sure if she was actually a person to begin with. Uh, yeah, she's always just... Mm, I think so she's maybe, always been a robot. So or an android, a, sorry. A bit of a... Uh, Pinocchio. Pinocchio? Type story. Maybe, possibly. I'm a real boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's interesting. As I said, it's a long-running series. As I flicked through a bit of the information about this, apparently James Cameron has wanted to adapt this for... Wow. Since its initial run, so like Ooh. twenty years, kind yeah. of thing. Sounds about right for James Cameron, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, but apparently, he is—he wasn't going to direct it because and this is what I found out. He's apparently doing Avatar for the rest of his career. Yep, yep. Avatar another, two, like, three, yeah. four, five. Yeah, like a four sequels to Avatar. Yeah, crap's happening. I like leave it as an iconic movie and yeah, move you on. Had anyway. one, move on. But yeah, so Robert Rodriguez, who's, who had known about the project for a while and was very interested, had also been a fan of the original manga. Um, he basically spoke to James Cameron about it and they kind of spitballed a bit um, and he got on board to direct it. It's mainly a live action movie, but mm. I'm intrigued because the, the trailer itself, it has that kind of, that, it's almost a Superman-esque <laughs> feel. And what I mean by that is that like Alita is this, new to the world, I don't really know, what is this body, do I know you, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's this one scene where this giant hulking cyborg, like, grabs her by the throat, Mm. and in, like, a split second, she's, like, reached up under, grabbed his throat, and slammed him through this table as, like, (laughs) stupidly quick and stupidly powerful. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's going to be similar, as I said, to Superman, um, where it's, like, really powerful but that heart of gold because of yeah. good instilled home values kind of thing. Yeah. Now, that is a very, very naive yeah. um, interpretation. I yeah. ha- as I said, I haven't read any of the manga at all. And like you said, the synopsis isn't... It's not the greatest. In depth. <laughs> Although I would, hi- I would recommend um, viewing what? the trailer. Yes. However, be warned, the main character has giant anime, anime eyes. <laughs> like they've CGI'd it so they've her C- eyes yeah, are Yeah, her really eyes are massive. Like, Apparently yeah. that's, that's because cool. they wanted to... In the manga, those, um, those giant eyes and the expression that you can get mm. from them. It's cool. And it's also a, the idea something of different. Like, yeah. And the idea of like the eyes are a window to the soul. And so mm. bigger eyes. How many times have they the done 
Chinese or Japanese movies to American audiences and not yeah. done it. Not perfectly, but, it, but yeah. like... Honoured the original. Yeah, honoured the original it, in this way But it is they disconcerting are. seeing yeah. those giant eyes compared to the other live-action oh, cast. Hello. Just, yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's like looking at Chewbacca. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, as I said, I'm interested mainly because it's James Cameron oh, and so Robert I. Rodriguez. Yeah, very, very interested. Yeah. Um, looking forward happens. to it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. scheduled to come out late 2018. Yeah. So yeah. not till like end of December. Mm. Mm. And but, looks very CG heavy. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I'm interested. James Cameron, again, interested how it will go because Robert Rodriguez is directing it. Yeah. And that's just, I just don't, well, just the films I've seen, I just don't. Yeah. That's fair enough. I yeah. See, I, I really, really loved Sin City. I would well, rate it as Sin one of my is great. Just, favorite yeah. movies ever. But, yeah. Not yeah. the second one. Nope. I haven't actually seen the second one because I just, What? <laughs> I never, I know, and I felt terrible. Like, I never oh, got around Sin to it. Sin City volumes. I, I literally have all of the Sin Cities sitting on my bookshelf over there. I've just, so I've read them all. I just never got around to seeing the second I, I can't remember why. I possibly was in, still in uni at the time. It was just real busy. It's busy. Anyway, I need to get it. All yeah. right. Moving on, because I've mm. chewed up enough time. Yeah. Yep. We, um, Andrew, you're bringing a future to us, which we have mentioned in passing a number of times. We've never actually spoken about as a whole section. Which I nearly didn't do, because I thought we had done it. Yeah. So I was like, we've done it. We're not going to do it again. Um, Ready Player One. Mm, comes out two weeks, buddy. Two oh weeks, buddy. Now, I, I cannot stress how excited I am for this movie. Because upon finding out from you, Tyson, that this was yep. a book... I'm not a type of person who can just sit in bed and read a book. So I go get the audio book because mm. I spend a lot of time in vehicles at work with a lot of free time to myself yep. driving around. So I was like, no, I'm going to get the book and I'm going to listen to it. I'm now three quarters of the way through it a second time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a 15 hour book. Done it once. I'm doing it again. <laughs> it, was, it was that good that it's kept playing on my mind. I was like, wow. I got to go back. And now, obviously, reading the book, inverted commas, yep. and watching the trailer, I can see that there are a few things that Steven Spielberg has changed. Okay. Mm. There are going to be a few things that aren't following the book, which is mm-hmm. always the way yep. when you go putting it into a motion picture. Yep. But this movie looks incredible. Yeah. Down to the soundtrack, down to the characters that are in it. Mm. Now, the premise of- Yeah, I was going to say, why don't, yeah. you, why don't you tell, in case, yeah. in case anyone's missed it, in I case feel like it's been it. everywhere, but I'm in not, case I haven't. I've not seen our special Comic-Con episode, yeah. episode mm-hmm. three, Dunkirk. Now, there I'm not going to read the synopsis because it looks quite big. It's got the few dots. That means it carries on. <laughs> <laughs> Considering you've uh, listened to the book uh, one and three quarter times, yeah. tell us again. <laughs> so, literally, it's about um, a game creator who creates the ultimate console, which is called the Oasis. Mm-hmm. And you put on the haptic visor and you go in to the Oasis, which is this whole virtual world, which you become immersed in. Mm-hmm. A, a virtual reality world. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can feel VR everything. Chat. You can touch things. You can drive vehicles. Touch people. It's, it's really, really cool. Mm. That man who created the Oasis dies. Mm. But in, upon his death, he creates a complete new game mm-hmm. where you have to find the Easter egg, which is mm. his fortune and his yeah. controlling stake in his company. Yes. So... Free for all, more and or less. M- literally millions and millions of players. It's like three quarters this- of a trillion dollars that yeah. they get. Yeah. And you get to control the Oasis. Because mm. everyone plays yeah. this game. Everyone yeah, plays it, this game. Because it's set slightly in the future in, in 2045. Yeah. And the idea is that the Earth is essentially wrecked through climate change and climate overpopulation change, yeah. and stuff like that. So basically, no one spends time in the real world. No. Everyone spends everyone their time, spends time in, in the Oasis. Oasis. They study 
Mm-hmm. They work jobs. They do That's everything right. through yep. the Oasis. So you most, literally right. don't have to leave are, home. Yeah, yeah, most jobs are done through there or business transactions are done through there. Yeah. As you said, there's like a public school system through there. Yeah. So literally people spend yep. their entire days and there's in the Oasis. hundreds upon thousands of worlds to travel in the Oasis. Mm. But all of that obviously costs money. And not everyone can do it and stuff like that. So, But the, you're missing the, the very key thing. What is the What was the obsession of the guy who created the Oasis? This is spoilers. It's not, no, it, no, it's no, not, not no, really. It's not. I'm just checking. No, no, just no, checking. Really. The whole the thing book. is set very heavily in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Down, okay, to the, gotcha. down to the movie references, to the music, to the characters that you see in the trailers and mm-hmm. obviously throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Very Haiti, Hades? <laughs> Hades. 80s <laughs> orientated, which is good for myself and Tyson because we're a little mm-hmm. bit older. I'm a child of the 80s, so mm-hmm. it's... Touching my heartstrings a little bit, yeah. and oh, it just cute. it looks brilliant. And if they're going to even do three quarters of the story that's in the book, mm-hmm. I'm sold. I'm yeah. in. I can't wait to see this visual aspect come yeah. to life. It's mm. going to be astounding. Mm. I just um I just saw. I didn't realize this. I've missed it. Simon Pegg is Ogden Morrow. Yeah, that character that character that. is awesome in the book. Yeah, it's a good cast. Mm. Mm. So it's it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, one thing that actually gives me a lot of, cause you're saying that they've changed a few things. Yeah. Ernest Klein is the, uh, the guy who wrote the novel. Mm. He actually is a screenplay writer and he has written or he's co-written the screenplay for mm. the movie adaptation With as well. With Zach Penn. With Zach Penn, yeah. If so, you do go get the audio book, it's read to you by Will Wheaton. Oh, the <laughs> Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. And it is really good. He does a great job of doing mm. that as well. Yeah. And a bit of trivia about the movie. Christopher yep. Nolan... Robert uh, Zemeckis, Matthew Vaughan, Peter Jackson, Edgar Wright were all considered to direct the film. Really? Mm-hmm. But Spielberg won it. Wow. Yeah, I reckon that's See, the right choice. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like, King of the all, 80s. All of those things are great, it. but Steven Spielberg, there's actually, there's a brilliant, we've talked about it a lot, there's a brilliant IMDb special on um, mm. Ready Player One. Yeah. And it talks about how, like, so much of the pop culture that's referenced in the book is pop culture that Steven Spielberg has mm. created. Yeah. Like E.T., Indiana Jones, yeah. Best so of the Future. Spielberg is referenced quite heavily throughout yeah. the book as well. Yeah, okay. Because it's one of uh, the creator of the Oasis' favorite directors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> look, I cool. really cannot stress enough how good this movie's going to be. Mm-hmm. If you got the time, do the audiobook or read the book yeah. if you want, but the audiobook's just easier. You can punch it out yeah. in, mm-hmm. in a few days. I did it in three days. Which was good because nice. I, I had time on my side. Yeah. The reviews are looking good as well for the film. Yeah, the I've, I've seen a quite a few good reviews about it, saying like it's just immersed in eighties, mm. throws yeah. you back, but the storyline's still good and the visual effects are apparently astounding. Yeah. So I'm a little over halfway through this book. Um, I actually put this as one of my um, most anticipated for 2018. Yeah, I stand by it. I mm. cannot wait for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I. I'm so excited for this. I'm I so excited. I think it looks so good. I know mm. I'm also... When the new trailer came out, because there was a teaser, mm. and then there was one trailer that came out, um, I've deliberately stopped there. I haven't yeah. watched a single one after that because yeah, I yeah. don't want... I don't want another BVS drama, <laughs> Batman versus Superman drama, where, where... you know everything. Where, yeah. Oh, I know <laughs> everything. Going to, um, but yes, I am... Oh, I am so excited about mm. this. Um, yeah, I am as well. Now, yes. yeah, Okay. Zach, I was going to say, like, you, you are a bit bit younger than us. I was wondering, is, like, mm. are we just playing on nostalgia? Are you also, like, no, is your generation quite tapped into the 80s still? Or? I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
there's plenty of people who I know who love 80s film, 80s music, 80s culture. For me, I grew up on watching Indiana Jones, Back mm. to the Future, yeah. all those 80s films which are kind of geared towards... Because lots of films in the 80s by Steven Spielberg, Robert Zemeckis, they're all pr- pretty family kind of friendly. It's like yeah. the Goonies, um, Back, to, uh, Back to the Future. I watched all three so of good. them so many times. They're so, so good. good. Um, so all those films I kind of grew up in. And of course, since I love film, I've kind of ignored myself in... Mm. Um, film history in the 80s and pop culture and stuff like that yeah so i don't think you're getting nostalgic um of course i can't say that i am because i didn't grow up with it mm. if someone makes a film on like 20 years time about all the culture in the 2000s 2010s i'd be like oh there's that there's that there's yeah. that um but i like how there's touches of like tracer from Overwatch selfie the movie and, oh, shut up. Oh. the 2010 um, sorry yeah yeah but i like how there's traces of modern pop culture like tracer from overwatch mm. and um yeah. different kind of pops mm. up and stuff like that yeah in, yep. the, in the book, there's quite a lot. I don't think they're going to do it in the movie, mm-hmm. but there's quite a lot of references to Japan and anime and all of mm. that because the creator loved all that stuff as well. Mm. And it does quite heavily influence the book and the progress of the, move, uh, mm. of the story and everything mm-hmm. as well, but I don't think they're going to throw it into that because they will probably lose some people with that. Yeah, One okay. thing I'm, I'm scared about with this movie, um, in, the, in the book, I'm also reading the book at the moment, um, there is quite a bit of, not exposition, but I was worried that because, like, I like 80s stuff, but there's a lot that I don't know, admittedly. Mm. But it was easy. The Ernest Klein writes in such a way that it's very easy to, he very organically explains mm. things that yeah. if you don't know, I really hope they don't do a lot of exposition in mm-hmm. this. I don't and that think... There's, I, I, now, I don't think they will mm. because it, there is so much they can't explain everything. No. But I'm hoping that it is just very Easter egg. It's like, if you know that, then there's another little nod for you. And if you yeah. don't, it's just whatever. I think it's going to be one of those movies where they're going to have the main story down, the main tensions and the things that they've got to get yep. in the movie. Um, but there'll be those little things that they explain in the book, but it'll be off to the side where you don't... Mm. If you've read the book, you'll be like, oh, there it is on the screen. Yeah. But for someone who hasn't read it, it's just going to be just there in the background. Yeah. Type thing. Like a little Easter egg for us. Mm, that'll yeah. be good. Yeah. Easter egg. Mm. Easter egg. Film of Easter eggs. Yep. Yep. It'll be very good. Very, Excited. very good. Excited. Very. Okay. Right. Let me finish Last all one of us off. Zach. All right. So I'm bringing a little indie film um, to y'all. Um, it's called Sorry to Bother You. It's a little indie film. So mm-hmm. this is written and directed by Boots Riley. Um, who's actually an American rapper and R&B artist, funnily enough. I was going to say, I recognise that <laughs> yeah. name. Um, so this film is starring... Um, the main protagonist is Lakeith Stanfield. Um, now, Lakeith Stanfield, he's not a widely known actor, but if you've seen um, Get Out, he's the um, guy at the start um, who kind of gets kidnapped, um, and he's also... Um, he's a guy that says, Get out, get out, and gets the nosebleed and whatnot. Not don't swallows. He's also in Atlanta, um, the... Donald Glover's TV show. Um, mm-hmm. And this also stars Tessa Thompson, Danny Glover, Army Hammer, Terry Crews, Stephen Yen from Walking Dead fame, and David Cross, and Patton Oswalt as well. So the synopsis of this is, in a dystopian, not-too-distant future, black telemarketer Cassius Green discovers a magical key to professional success and is propelled into a macabre universe. Macabre. Macabre. So a macabre the definition of macabre on the internet or Google at least <laughs> yep. is the quality of having a grim or ghastly atmosphere. Yeah. And this film seems like it's very heavily gone for like a very surrealist social kind of satire. 
of like um kind of our ideology ideology system um how it works how we succeed how we move up in the world um yeah but it seems like it has very kind of smart quirkiness to the comedy to it as well looks very like i don't know if you guys have seen the trailer or anything like that um, yeah i watched this trailer just before and um one of the things that it hinges on is that he as and i don't think this is a spoiler it's the premise of the movie is that cassius um what's his name cassius green yeah he as a telemarketer no one will pick up and speak to him because mm-hmm. he's black yeah and so the guy next to him is like hey let me give Danny you Glover. a let me give you a, a secret here you've got to use your white voice like, not your will smith white voice yeah white voice no your real white voice and i found it, then he then he spoke in his white voice which is dubbed it's it's not um uh lakeith stanfield yeah but I found it so funny because the voice they've used is David Cross. Yeah, to overdub him. <laughs> who <laughs> plays... He, he's the, the role I most know him for is um, Tobias Funke from Arrested Development, <laughs> which yeah. is the most whitest white boy <laughs> in the entirety of that, that <laughs> TV series. Yeah. So the fact that he is his white voice, I just thought that was hilarious. And whenever that voice came on, I was losing it. It's so yeah. funny. Um, I just want to point out Lakeith Stanfield's character, Cassius Green. Cash is green. Cash is green. Ah, uh, I did not notice yeah, that. Fantastic. Hinge on <laughs> what this film kind of is gearing towards. Yeah. Um, even um, Tessa Thompson, she's playing like a kind of an activist called Detroit. Um, it's very much kind of lean mm. on that very social satire yep. of yeah. how it's going to go. Um, so this comes out in July in America, I believe. So I'm looking forward to this very much to see. I just love when a good indie film kind of pops up. Yeah, um, and, and makes li- it to the big screen. Oh, makes it to the big screen, and I like how it's um it's not doing things, um in typical cinema. Like this in the trailer, um where he does his first telemarketing gig, it cuts to a shot of his desk, kind of um um kind of like jumping down into the home of who he's calling, mm. and his computer falls over and he picks it up. He's like, oh hi, sir. Um, my name is Cassius Green, and he just hangs up straight away, and he's propelled mm. back up into his office. Yeah, like those really kind of simple, creative, experimental kind of touches. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate because obviously mainstream film doesn't do that, so it should be a nice art house film. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I I actually, to be perfectly honest with you, hadn't heard of this until you um messaged us all and were like, I'm gonna talk about. Sorry to bother you, and I was like, what? What's this? What's this? Had a look at it, and I was like, "Ooh, ooh, this is interesting." Very interesting. <laughs> but yep, so, yeah, that's my future. Mm. Yeah, it looks good, man. There we go. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for for this episode. Uh, yes. As a reminder, we spoke about Signs, Signs, the M Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, we spoke about Prestige by Chris Nolan and the IT Crowd, British sitcom. Yeah. We then spent some time talking about Annihilation, the mm. new. Um, Sci-fi, fantasy, thriller, mystery sci-fi. kind of hmm. mashup. It was a good discussion. Yep. I liked that one. Mm, that, that was good. good. Was that is available discussion. on Netflix as of it came out a week ago. So yep, go check that ago. out. Uh, then we spoke about Elite Battle Angel, Ready Player One, and Sorry to Bother You. So that's that's it. That's when it. Podcast. Will we be next back? Uh, It'll be Ready Player One. We'll be, be back. Ready yeah, one. We are we are going to immediately jump onto Ready Player <laughs> One for our next episode. <laughs> we'll also have a guest next episode as well. We will. Who are we having? Uh, I believe it is a gentleman called Matt. Ooh. Ooh. One, of, one of my friends. Oh, another one podcast. of your mates. Another one oh. of my mates. No, he's Ooh. actually legitimately a good friend. No, he likes podcasts, so. <laughs> well, is, and is he's part of Ready Player One as well. So he's. um. Mm, no, it'll be good. Be very, very good. So we'll be back with Ready Player One. Um, until then, go see some movies. Go see some TV shows. Hit mm. us up on Twitter. Please. At hit us up on Twitter. Podcast. Yeah. Let us know what you're mm. thinking. 
Do yep. it. Give us some hate. Give us some positivity. Do it. Yep. Now. yep. Send us all your love mail. You can send Zach all our hate mail. Yeah. No, Even if you hate us, we love you. Um, please leave us a review. Let's try that again. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you are listening on either on an Apple device of some description. It mm. really helps. Um, the more uh, basically device. get the show out there and get some other people listening. And <laughs> until next time, I think that's about it. Yep. Anything you want to say, Andrew? No, no, you good. Just hit us up, yeah, please. Good. We really want to start branching out and exactly. engage with you guys. Yeah, mm. yeah, good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Who are you? Brilliant. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to have someone to chat. To. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think we need to wrap it up there. Sorry. Thanks for listening again to Screenview Time Warp. I'm Tyson. I'm Andrew, and I'm Zach, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.